Okay, good. Hi, everybody. I'm on with my daughter, Hana, creator of Kosher Sex. I wrote Kosher Sex. She created the company Kosher Sex. Hello, Hana. Hi. I was amazed that you and I did a quick discussion, 10-minute discussion about um, this woman who wrote an article in the New York Times about how she misses recreational sex during the coronavirus and how for her it's a form of validation and, and an end to loneliness and stop criticizing single people who find comfort in you know sexual flings. And we had thousands of people who watched this quick discussion. So I thought that we should quickly move to a similar subject, which is the ghosts of lovers past. Because one of my arguments against people having these kinds of, let's call them meaningless, or she would say they're meaningful, but let's call them uh, transient uh, sexual connections is that you become haunted by the ghost of lovers past. Meaning when you do eventually alight on the one, the soulmate, the spouse, the person you wanna marry, it's very difficult to, uh, to, to rediscover mental virginity, to immerse yourself so fully into the relationship that you're not comparing the person you now love. If you're a man, you know, the woman you wanna marry, or if you're a woman, the man you wanna marry, it's very difficult not to compare them to all these people you've shared intimacy with before. They kind of haunt the relationship and you end up making a lot of comparisons. And I think it makes women feel incredibly self-conscious about their bodies, about themselves, because they feel that the guy that they're with, uh, if he's had a lot of uh, sexual partners beforehand, he can't, he can't tune them out. He, they're, they're kind of always present. Men are just as intimidated, I think, by their, their partner's past lovers. I think it goes both ways. But anyway, yeah. No, so, so my, my point is that this, is, this was something that, I forgot her name. What's the name of the one that wrote that article in the New York Times? Um, Megan Nolan. Megan Nolan. It's something that I think that she missed, that she didn't mention. There is nothing casual about casual sex. The idea that two people can have a casual interaction, which involves the closest possible intimacy between two human beings, and that there's, there's no trace that it's, as Erica Jong wrote in Fle Fear of Flying, that it's just the zipless F, that it's totally zipless, that you can just get zipped and unzipped, and there's no trace. I don't buy it. Okay, but there's a difference between there being a trace and a haunting. I think the bigger issue is really more getting jaded or getting bitter. I wouldn't say that, I don't know that comparing people is, is so bad anymore because what I'm finding in a lot of women that I speak to is that even if they're comparing sexual technique or how proficient their other lovers were, with the person that they're with right then, at, like at this given time can make up for that in different ways. Like someone could be an, like an amazing lover and great in bed, but they were lacking in so many other areas. And I think a lot of, maybe for women, speaking for women and from women I've spoken to, they're willing to overlook that for a man who's more emotionally attentive. Of course they want both, but when there's one, when there's that lacking, they, they can overlook it because they're getting something else they need. But now you're just proving my point because what you're saying is these women are accepting that if they had a, a lover, if they were sexual with a guy who was great body, great in bed, and now they're marrying a husband who may not be compared to that previous lover, may not be as passionate. They now say to themselves, okay, well, I'll have to forego that excellence in bed for something more emotional, for something more friendship oriented. They're having to give up in their mind a critical component. 
are you talking about being sexually haunted because they're not as good in bed or they or they feel like they gave too much of themselves in, in that in that relationship or are you talking about in other areas like how emotionally attentive they are if they were more generous with them if they were more, like more attentive are you talking specifically about sexually yeah i am speaking about sexually because i'm reacting to what megan nolan wrote in the new york times where she said that casual sexual flings are gone during the coronavirus and she misses them and they're totally harmless. I'm saying they're not totally harmless. Forget the coronavirus. Obviously during the coronavirus, they're especially harmful potentially because God forbid you could get sick. But I'm saying in a, in a normal time, God willing, the coronavirus will pass. God in God almighty, well, why don't we have enough vaccines? But this will pass, but the ghosts of lovers past will never pass. Meaning if a woman, let's, let's take a, let's start with a woman's, if a woman is, has sex with a guy and you know he's her lover and he i don't know she enjoys or experiences his body and his technique or whatever it is that he does that image that memory doesn't just fade when she even if it's casual when she later enters into let's say a permanent relationship let's say marriage i don't think the image of that guy fades completely i think she's always going to compare her husband or her current lover her current boyfriend to the ones who preceded him and that's going to put a lot of pressure on men. I think that's one of the reasons that men have performance anxiety. And for and now to reverse it, for women, it puts a lot of pressure on them because women now understand that men who have been sexual with many women are experts in a woman's body. They're an experts, they're experts in a woman's body parts. They're ex at least that's what the women think. And they become very self-conscious. When they take their clothes off, they get very self-conscious. The reaction is not here I am getting naked with a man, it's here I am being judged by a man, here I am being evaluated by a man, and they kind of freeze up a, bit, a little bit, and they can't fully let go. You don't think that's true? I think it is true, but I also think that that message and telling women that they're gonna be haunted is really disempowering. I remember I had a teacher in high school, and I'll never forget that she told me that when you're in bed with your husband, if you've been sleeping around, then all those men are gonna be in bed with you. And we really promote this message, especially with kosher sex of, you know, you can, your, your past can change at any time and you can, you can re-virginize yourself mentally. Cause I don't believe in, you know, we don't put all this emphasis on virginity as if it's something, you know, it's not like more of a Christian value, but I think like you always talk about mental virginity. And I really think that when you enter a new relationship, you can, it's important to kind of leave all that stuff behind. But this message that like, you're going to be haunted can get in your head. Well, I think the way your teacher, that you, yeah, I think the way your teacher expressed it is particularly harsh. I, I'm not going to say. Well, how, how did she? She actually said that she was like, "They're all going to be in bed with you." Well, there's a Talmudic expression which is similar. Um, <laughs> the Talmud says that when two people marry and divorce and they both remarry, there are now four people in the bed. And what the Talmud, I guess, means is that don't think that you could just shed the very intense memory of something that was that passion and that intimate and there is some truth to that having said that that doesn't mean that you can't reclaim mental virginity part of kosher sex is learning how to kind of you know wipe the slate clean as it were mentally in order to be invested fully in in the sexual experience with someone that you love now the person you're devoted to now and not be haunted but but it's but it's hard not to be haunted and by the way it doesn't only apply to having sexual partners it applies to por to porn all, you know, so many men come to me with porn problems. You know, you see a lot of the emails that people write to me uh, where they want counseling. Um, they come to the kosher sex website or, uh, and they want, they have an issue with porn. Pornography is the same thing. When, when a man 
sees <clears throat> 10,000 naked women. Um, he, what happens? He becomes an expert, at least in his own mind, in a, of a woman's body. What's the definition of an expert? An expert is someone who can spot flaws. An expert is someone who can spot imperfections. You don't bring an expert to a new home you're gonna buy in order to tell you the home is great. You bring the expert to check whether the foundation is secure, whether there's like electrical problems. You want them to find the flaws to, to make sure that you're not being ripped off. The same thing is true with like a diamond. You don't bring a diamond to an expert to say, amazing. You bring it to say, well, this is the dark part of the diamond, et cetera. So when men bring this expertise about women that they should never have acquired, they should have been more innocent. Porn, I think is very destructive. When they bring this quote expertise, it's not beneficial to the relationship, it's deeply harmful. Yeah, well, I think, no, I happen to agree. I do think that people can take former lovers and, and, and kind of like impose that idea on someone else, especially if they had like a great physical connection and now it's, and now it's not like with their current partner, it's not as good. But I think an offshoot of that is also really, the real haunting is also an emotional one that comes, that comes out of be, like getting bitter or getting, being scared to get excited about something. And that's another thing that I think is really devastating, especially to women when they have great sex or a great relationship and then it fizzles or they get hurt, men also especially. But then in the next relationship, there's that haunting of like, that could, they get jaded, that could happen again. I think that's the greater haunting these days. Cause I really think that, and kosher sex also believes that with, within any sexual relationship, the sex can get good. That the deeper you go with someone, the more you bear yourself, that the sex can always get to a place. And, where the, and, the, less, and the less inhibited you are. And the less inhibited. Um, and we always talk about th that sexuality gets deeper. So it's, and I think that that can actually happen. So that you might think that like, the sex was so exciting with someone because it was casual and fun, but I think sex can always get to that place that it that eventually it gets great and you learn each other's bodies and you and you get like it can get really good. But I think the real haunting these days is more of an emotional one of shedding that what that previous lover has done to either your self esteem or um, your self confidence. Your yeah, that's a. That's that's definitely an important subject. Um, and we should do that next, actually, when we discuss this, because they're very, they're very different things. One is being haunted by the ghosts of lovers past that you had. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you can be, I don't like the word haunted. Wait, 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 but being haunted by the ghosts of lovers past means, let me go back. You're right. These are two forms of not being able to fully invest yourself in a physical relationship, which usually leads to very bad sex. You can't let go as it were, because the whole reason sex is so pleasurable is that it's something that's not, um, it's not calculated. Uh, it's not premeditated, it's spontaneous. It's about responding to instinct. It's allowing someone to excite you and touch you in, in the most intimate way. There are two ways that that doesn't happen though. One is being haunted by the ghost of lovers past. You can't fully invest yourself because you bring all these images and you're comparing, you're judging, you're wondering, am I, Am I good in bed with this person? Are they good in bed? Do I look, is my body attracted to them? Do they have an attractive body? All that inhibition is gonna ruin sex. But the second thing is what you said before. But then you're haunted by you're, their lover's past. They're, they're, the ghosts of their yeah, lover. Yeah, it goes both ways. But you're saying something else. You're also saying that when people do let go ultimately and, and, and um, slough off the inhibition and they can really feel uh, intimately connected to someone, 
they often fear that deep intimate connection because they think they're going to be hurt. This is someone who may never call them again. This is someone who may just like drop out of their life. You know, slam, bam, see you later, ma'am. And you then fear letting go fully because you don't want to be hurt. So you're kind of going to bed with your full body armor still on. And that's going to also lead to terrible sex. Yeah. Um, but I don't like the word haunting. I think it's really disempowering because that message can really get into your head. Um, and like I said, what, I think word, what, what word would you use? It can make guest appearances. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's less harsh. They're always there. I think that you can reinvent yourself at any given point. And I think that's what makes, you can start fresh. That's the whole idea of mental virginity. I think, like I said, we're not into this whole virginity thing. People are, you know, there are ups and downs in their life and everyone's Right. I mean, because the whole idea of bodily virginity is something you lose once and you can never reclaim it. And for our Christian brothers and sisters, this concept, especially you know, now at the time of Christmas, this concept is so important that for Catholics, remember, um, Mary remains a virgin throughout her life. She never had other children other than Jesus, who's born through immaculate conception. She knew, never loses her virginity because supposedly, I guess, the loss of virginity is the loss of something essential. So even when you read about in the New Testament of James, the brother of Jesus, so it's, it's a figurative brother, he wasn't the real brother. For Protestants and other Christian denominations, no, Mary was a virgin when she had Jesus, but later she lost her virginity when she had children with Joseph, her husband. Having said that, it just goes to show you how important bodily virginity is in the Christian faith. To us Jews, virginity is not something that's lost once and never regained, as you said. It's more of a mental construct, spiritual construct. In fact, we might even say that the whole idea of repentance, teshuva, that we do on Yom Kippur, or we're supposed to do repentance on a, on a daily basis. The whole idea of repentance is that you can always reclaim your innocence. You can always reclaim that virginity, as it were. Well, there is the whole concept of a Kohen not being able to marry a divorced woman. So what's that about? Yeah, that's true. There is some concept of uh, physical virginity in Judaism, or the fact that if someone, a man sleeps with a woman and her virginity is gone, the Torah says that he that um, the father can demand that, well, if it's okay with the daughter, of course, because it has to be by her consent, that he marry uh, her and, and make financial restitution for the loss of her virginity. There is that concept, but it's more of a financial concept. As far as the Kohen, I guess he has, he administers to the, to the, to the, the you know, he administers to Hashem and he has to be fully, there's a, there's a higher, more elevated demand of his spiritual focus that might be somehow diluted um, marrying someone who's divorced. But still, the fact that we feel this way shows that it's, it's we, we, the question kind of bothers us, that why would Judaism place that kind of emphasis and we have to find the right answer. But it just goes to show you, we're asking the question based on Jewish values where physical virginity is not something that is greatly focused on or, or valued. We have no virgins in our religion that we laud, that we uh, exalt to the contrary. We exalt the, the matriarchs of the Jewish people, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, all of whom married and had children. There is no virgin. Yeah. There is no holy sacred virgin. What do you think is the remedy to someone who is actually being haunted by their past relationships? I think there's only one remedy, Chama. Kosher sex? They have to buy my book. <laughs> there, there is no other remedy. There is nothing else they can do, unfortunately. I wish there were other things, but there's nothing. No, um, what do I think? Well, jokes aside, 
Um, jokes aside, yeah, the, the solution is to embrace the kosher sex message, which is that sexuality is not something principally of the body. It's of the soul, it's of the spirit, it's of the heart, it's of the mind. Our bodies are the, 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 the kind of the, the, the apparatus that responds to our true sexual organs, our mind, our heart, our spirit. The body uh, kind of responds to what's happening in our mind. And, that, and that's true, of course, like arousal is always something of the mind. The body responds to arousal of the mind or arousal of the heart. But when we put the body first and we make sex something only physical, then it's impossible to erase the ghosts of lovers past because you've been somehow, there's been an indentation made uh, in having shared that kind of intimacy with someone. But in the mind, there can always be healing. The soul, there can always be healing. Um, that's why it's so important for us to emphasize the kosher sex message. That's why we're both so uh, passionate about spreading this message in an age where sex has been degraded, cheapened. You're, you know, you're, you're right now working on an op-ed that God willing go get published, which kind of addresses how we're all how the media just lumps together people like yourself, Hannah, who are trying to empower people with positive sexuality and, and positive female sexual wellness. You get lumped together with, with the pornographers when it comes to um, promoting messages on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter. And that's gonna be a very powerful and important op-ed because it's very true. And I hope that you, if, if people have ideas to give to you about this or if they've experienced the same thing, they should actually write to you at kosher.sex because it's such an important message because how can we talk about these important subjects when they're censored yeah but on a last note i do think that i do think that with like with time the memory of someone else fades i don't think it stays there forever maybe um yeah yeah that's true that's part of the human rejuvenation i, I agree with that i don't find it haunting of like and we always we always come to this point where we, we disagree a little bit about are you supposed to until you find that person that you just want to spend the rest of your life with and it comes to that point are you supposed to just live alone and not experience any form of intimacy whether physical or um no no because you and i are realists right uh, there's no there is no philosophy or religion or spiritual discipline worth its salt that doesn't account for reality. For religion to come to men and women and say, hey, uh, if you masturbate, you're gonna turn blind. Uh, you know, and if you don't marry till you're 25, you're never gonna masturbate. Um, that's not a realistic, no matter, and you know, we talked about this before, but it's not a realistic philosophy. People are just gonna jettison it. They're just gonna reject it and say, you know, sounds good, but nothing real about it. We don't wanna espouse of a philosophy of sexuality, which is unworkable. We want something that's profoundly workable and that is implementable in people's lives. Having said that, even if it's true that the quote, ghosts of lovers past begins to fade and we can reclaim our mental virginity, and I agree with you on that. That's part of the whole sexual rebirth. What's also true is that those, those images will never fade if you continue to reinforce them. So for example, a man can be completely faithful to his wife. Um, and he might even, his wife might even have been the first woman he ever had sex with and the only woman he ever had sex with. But if he watches an hour of pornography a day, looking at women's breasts and genitalia and, and women in, in, in flagrante dicto and, 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 and in the most uh, intimate, if you think that those images are suddenly gonna fade when he makes love to his wife, they're not. And I think he's doing an injustice to his marriage. I think he's doing an injustice to himself because 
he's now going to bring these this comparative quote expertise and it's not really expertise because all porn is fake but um and the, and the parts that aren't fake nicholas christoph actually exposed as being deeply vile disgusting sometimes criminal where people are uploading images of people who aren't even aware without their consent but he's doing himself tremendous damage that husband because he's not allowing himself to enjoy his wife's body fully he keeps on bringing these other mental images and that's why porn there is a price that we pay there is a serious price yeah the women also because these men are getting so many misconceptions about what women enjoy and how long everything takes and none of them are accurate so the women are suffering also but um yeah of course they are yeah well I think the main uh, we're gonna end now it's 11 o'clock thank you banana oh, okay. <laughs> all right wait a, second. wait a second baby girl you gotta you gotta you gotta promote promote plug plug promote kosher sex people plug, should, plug. because you're doing a community plug. service and it's a brave <laughs> thing I want people i want people to know it's not just our discussions they can watch live you have the most amazing uh, website with so much information and so many videos and so many courses and so many products that are helpful to rejuvenating uh, marriage. Yeah, well, today it's a very cold night outside. So I'm just going to promote some of our warming massage oils. Um, Unkosher.sex. Unkosher.sex. Keep those nights nice and toasty. Unkosher.sex. <laughs> okay, Medela. And um, Hannah and I are truly dedicated to promoting intimate love in the, in, in the world, marriage, family. I love the fact that uh, Hannah allowed me to read a rough draft of her new uh, column. And I, I'm very moved whenever my daughter writes that one of the reasons that she engages in trying to bring millennial women this message of sexual empowerment and intimacy and marriage and monogamy and passionate monogamy. I love when she writes that part of the reason is that she watched for years growing up in our household how couples would come to my, our home uh, on a nightly basis, uh, sometimes several in a night, you know, couples whose marriages were in decline or in crisis, and they came uh, looking to make things better for themselves, for their children, and she absorbed that message. I love hearing that because it, it says to me, wow, so many nights where I had to give a few hours of my night to strangers and not just to my kids. And I learned Torah with my kids every night, et cetera, et cetera. But I wasn't really taking something away from my children by trying to rescue marriages. I was actually also empowering my children to see that marriages are worth saving. Yeah. Well, also definitely a reality check. Like seeing that marriage is hard at a young age. That was- And blessed and beautiful. And worth working on. All right. And okay, baby girl. Good night, everybody. God bless you all. Kosher.sex. Go to Hannah's website. Bye-bye.